Welcome to PsalmsCast. I am Denise. Today is the 28th day of December 2020. We have entered the final countdown for the days of this year. What are your thoughts as you reflect on all that has transpired in your life and in your faith walk during the past 362 days? Our five chapters today that we will be visiting are Psalm 28, Psalm 58, Psalm 88, Psalm 118, and Psalm 148. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible at the end of today's podcast. For those who desire to go deeper into God's Word, we are tracking down a cross-reference from Genesis 3, 15, because who does the Lord God mean when He speaks this curse over the serpent? This search takes us into Acts chapter 13. Let's take a brief moment to center ourselves and invite the Lord to be the focus. Father in heaven, we come humbly here into this place seeking you. We ask that you would pour into our life your truth, the truth that we desperately need for today. We are looking to you for hope. We are looking to you to experience peace and to find the joy that you have for us. Open our minds and open our hearts to all that you will bring forth today. Allow our lives to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit through your life-giving words. Lead, guide, and illuminate as we journey today. Psalm 27 I plea with you to help me, Lord, for you are my rock of safety. If you refuse to answer me, I might as well give up and die. Lord, I lift my hands to heaven and implore your help. Oh, listen to my cry. Don't punish me with all the wicked ones who speak so sweetly to their neighbors while planning to murder them. Give them the punishment they so richly deserve. Measure it out to them in proportion to their wickedness. Pay them back for all their evil deeds. They care nothing for God or what He has done or what He has made. Therefore, God will dismantle them like old buildings, never to be rebuilt again. Oh, praise the Lord, for He has listened to my pleadings. He is my strength, my shield from every danger. I trust in Him, and He helped me. Joy rises in my heart until I burst out in song of praise to Him. The Lord protects His people and gives victory to His anointed King. Defend your people, Lord. Defend and bless your chosen ones. Lead them like a shepherd and carry them forever in your arms. Psalm 58 Justice You high and mighty politicians don't even know the meaning of the word. Fairness? Which of you has any left? Not one. All your dealings are crooked. You give justice in exchange for bribes. These men are born sinners, lying from their earliest words. They are poisonous as deadly snakes, cobras that close their ears to the most expert of charmers. O God, break off their fangs. Tear out the teeth of these young lions, Lord. Let them disappear like water into thirsty ground. 
make their weapons useless in their hands. Let them be as snails that dissolve into slime, and as those who die at birth, who never see the sun. God will sweep away both old and young. He will destroy them more quickly than a cooking pot can feel the blazing fire of thorns beneath it. The godly shall rejoice in the triumph of right. They shall walk in the blood-stained fields of the slaughtered wicked men. Then at last everyone will know that good is rewarded and that there is a God who judges justly here on earth. Psalm 88 O Jehovah, God of my salvation, I have wept before you day and night. Now hear my prayers. O listen to my cry, for my life is full of troubles, and death draws near. They say my life is ebbing away, a hopeless case. They have left me here to die, like those slain on battlefields from whom your mercies are removed. You have thrust me down to the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily on me. Wave after wave engulfs me. You have made my friends to loathe me, and they have gone away. I am in a trap with no way out. My eyes grow dim with weeping. Each day I beg of your help. O Lord, I have reached my pleading hands to you for mercy." Soon it will be too late. Of what use are your miracles when I am in the grave? How can I praise you then? Can those in the grave declare your loving kindness? Can they proclaim your faithfulness? Can the dark speak of your miracles? Can anyone in the land of forgetfulness talk about your help? O Lord, I plead for my life and will keep on pleading day by day. O Jehovah, why have you thrown my life away? Why are you turning your face from me and looking the other way? From my youth, I have been sickly and ready to die. I stand helpless before your terrors. Your fierce wrath has overcome me. Your terrors have cut me off. They flow around me all day long. Lover, friend, acquaintances, all are gone. There is only darkness everywhere. Psalm 118 Oh, thank the Lord, for He is so good. His loving kindness is forever. Let the congregation of Israel praise Him with these same words. His loving kindness is forever. And let the priests of Aaron chant. His loving kindness is forever. Let the Gentile converts chant, His loving kindness is forever. In my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and He answered me and rescued me. He is for me. How can I be afraid? What can mere man do to me? The Lord is on my side. He will help me. Let those who hate me beware. It is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in men. It is better to take refuge in Him than the mightiest king. Though all the nations of the world attack me, I will march out behind His banner and destroy them. 
Yes, they surround and attack me, but with his flag flying above me, I will cut them off. They swarm around me like bees. They blaze against me like a roaring flame. Yet beneath his flag, I shall destroy them. You did your best to kill me, O my enemy, but the Lord helped me. He is my strength and song in the heat of battle, and now he has given me the victory. Songs of joy at the news of our rescue are sung in the homes of the godly. The strong arm of the Lord has done glorious things. I shall not die, but live to tell of all his deeds. The Lord has punished me, but not handed me over to death. Open the gates of the temple. I will go in and give him my thanks. These gates are the way into the presence of the Lord, and the godly enter there. O Lord, thank you so much for answering my prayer and saving me. The stone rejected by the builders has now become the capstone of the arch. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous to see. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. O Lord, please help us, save us, give us success. Blessed is the one who is coming, the one sent by the Lord. We bless you from the temple. Jehovah God is our light. I present to him my sacrifice upon the altar, for you are my God, and I shall give you this thanks and this praise. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is so good, for his loving kindness is forever. And our final psalm today is Psalm 148. Praise the Lord, O heavens. Praise him from the skies. Praise him, all his angels, all the armies of heaven. Praise him, sun and moon, and all you twinkling stars. Praise him, skies above. Praise him, vapors high above the clouds. Let everything that he has made give praise to him. For he issued his command, and they came into being. He established them forever and ever. His orders will never be revoked. And praise him down here on earth. You creatures of the ocean depths, let fire and hail, snow and rain, wind and weather all obey. Let the mountains and hills, the fruit trees and cedars, the wild animals and cattle, the snakes and birds, the kings and all the peoples, with their rulers and their judges, young men and maidens, old men and children, all praise the Lord together, for He alone is worthy. His glory is far greater than all of earth and heaven. He has made His people strong, honoring His godly ones, the people of Israel, the people closest to Him. Hallelujah. Yes, praise the Lord. And the third psalm today that we read was Psalm 88, and it is perhaps one of the most melancholy of all the psalms. It starts off bleak and it ends on a bleak note as well. But this is an important psalm because here we can see a person who is pleading with the Lord for grace and mercy. 
we do not see this person finding what he is looking for at the end of the psalm. He is still stuck where he was. Have you ever prayed and felt as if the words just fell to the ground or felt as if the words weren't heard? They weren't received into the ears of the Lord. Often when unfortunate or even bad stuff happens, it is easy to get stuck in something I call the discouragement or the pain cycle. It's like being caught up in a tornado, just spinning around being hit left and right by unseen objects that cause more discouragement or more pain. Sometimes that vicious cycle seems to go on for a very long time. Days, weeks, months, and yes, years. As a person who has struggled with horrible migraine cycles that lasted on average for 72 hours of blinding, unrelenting pain, this is a psalm I was able to relate with intimately. Praying for relief, begging for the pain to stop fantasizing about carving my eye out just to relieve the pressure. Nothing worked. This pattern was often repeated two times, three times, or more every single month for years. And yes, we exhausted every medical option with nothing changing the nightmare. Then one month, I had been reading and considering the words in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Verse 16, 17, and 18. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I had tried negotiating. I had tried demanding. I had tried pleading. I had tried begging in my prayers, and yet nothing shifted. On that particular day, I honestly just wanted life to end. I was so tired. I was so discouraged. And for some reason, the Holy Spirit brought the words, give thanks in all circumstances to my head. Why not? So I honestly prayed and I thanked God for the blinding pain, for the nausea that led me to thank God for our home, for the bed I was lying in, for the ice packs for the ability to have a safe place to be during that storm. I actually fell into a deep sleep, and when I woke hours later, I was able to get up and to continue life. Oh, the mercy and the grace and the blessings the Lord poured out on that day. The only difference on that day from the hundreds of other episodes was that I had thanked God for the circumstance. Yes, I still had episodes after that day, and yes, I often did forget that valuable lesson of giving thanks as I tried to work myself back out of the cycle instead of just submitting myself to the Lord in thanks. Our Father, we thank you for your living word and for the transparency of the writers of the Psalms. Thank you for all the ways that the Psalms fit into our lives here in 2020 as encouragement, as instruction, as a model for us to learn from, where you reveal your incredible love and your desire for a relationship with each one of us. Open our eyes and open our ears. Open our mind and our hearts 
to that relationship that you are inviting us to walk with you each day. This is the day, Lord, that you have made. We are rejoicing and we are glad for it. Lord, we ask that you would continue this work that you have begun in us. We are hungry and we are thirsty for more and more of you. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. So on a personal note, yes, I'm still very sore and I am very fatigued. My brain is still scrambled and things are taking more time to work through step by step and sometimes living minute by minute. Thank you for keeping me in your prayers. Now for those who desire to go deeper into God's Word at the very end of the podcast today, we're exploring Acts chapter 13 to learn and discern who the serpent represents in Genesis 3. That's it for today, y'all. I am Denise. I love you. I am praying for you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow, God willing. Going deeper into the Word of God begins in five seconds. Going deeper into the Word of God, Acts chapter 13. Today we are drilling down on the cross-referenced verse for the phrase, Your Seed, where God is speaking to the serpent in the Garden of Eden from Genesis Chapter 3, verse 15. Simply let God's words wash over you and through you. Trust the Holy Spirit to unpack it for you. Remember the purpose of this section is for you to learn from the Holy Spirit how to apply God's truth in your life. Acts chapter 13. Among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch were Barnabas and Simeon, also called the black man, Lucis from Cyrene, Manian, the foster brother of King Herod and Paul. One day as these men were worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Dedicate Barnabas and Paul for a special job I have for them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Directed by the Holy Spirit, they went to Seleucus and then sailed for Cyprus. There, in the town of Salamis, they went to the Jewish synagogue and preached. John Mark went with them as their assistant. Afterwards, they preached from town to town across the entire island until finally they reached Paphos, where they met a Jewish sorcerer, a fake prophet named Barjesus. He had attached himself to the governor. Sergius Paulus, a man of considerable insight and understanding. The governor invited Barnabas and Paul to visit him, for he wanted to hear their message from God. But the sorcerer, Elymas, his name in Greek, interfered and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Paul and Barnabas said, trying to keep him from trusting the Lord. Then Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, glared angrily at the sorcerer and said, You son of the devil, every sort of trickery and villainy, enemy of all that is good, will you never end your opposition to the Lord? And now God has laid his hand of punishment upon you, and you will be stricken a while with blindness. Instantly mist and darkness fell upon him, 
and he began wandering around, begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. When the governor saw what happened, he believed and was astonished at the power of God's message. Now Paul and those with him left Paphmus by ship for Turkey, landing at the port town of Perga. There John Mark deserted them and returned to Jerusalem, but Barnabas and Paul went on to Antioch, a city in the province of Pisidia. On the Sabbath they went into the synagogue for the services. After the usual reading from the books of Moses and from the prophets, those in charge of the service sent them this message, Brothers, if you have any word of instruction for us, come and give it. So Paul stood, waved a greeting to them, and began, Men of Israel, he said, and all others here who reverence God, let me begin my remarks with a bit of history. The God of this nation, Israel, chose our ancestors and honored them in Egypt by gloriously leading them out of their slavery, and he nursed them through forty years of wandering around in the wilderness. Then he destroyed seven nations in Canaan and gave Israel their land as an inheritance. Judges ruled for about 450 years and were followed by Samuel the prophet. Then the people begged for a king, and God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, who reigned for 40 years. But God removed him and replaced him with David as king, a man about whom God said, David, son of Jesse, is a man after my own heart, for he will obey me. And it is one of King David's descendants, Jesus, who is God's promised Savior of Israel. But before he came, John the Baptist preached the need for everyone in Israel to turn from sin to God. As John was finishing his work, he asked, Do you think I am the Messiah? No, but he is coming soon, and in comparison with him, I am utterly worthless. Brothers, you sons of Abraham, and also all of you Gentiles here who reverence God, this salvation is for all of us. The Jews in Jerusalem and their leaders fulfilled prophecy by killing Jesus, for they didn't recognize him or realize that he was the one the prophets had written about, though they had heard the prophet's words read every Sabbath. They found no just cause to execute him, but asked Pilate to have him killed anyways. When they had fulfilled all the prophecies concerning his death, he was taken from the cross and placed in a tomb. But God brought him back to life again, and he was seen many times during the next several days by the men who had accompanied him in Jerusalem from Galilee. These men have constantly testified to this in public witness. And now Barnabas and I are here to bring you this good news, that God's promise to our ancestors has come true in our own time, and that God brought Jesus back to life again. This is what the second psalm was talking about when it says concerning Jesus, Today I have honored you as my son. For God had promised to bring him back to life again, no more to die. This is stated in the scriptures that say, I will do for you the wonderful thing I promised, David. 
In another psalm, he explained more fully, saying, God will not let his Holy One decay. This was not a reference to David, for after David had served his generation according to the will of God, he died and was buried, and his body decayed. No, it was a reference to another, someone God brought back to life whose body was not touched at all by the ravages of death. Brothers, listen. In this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone who trusts in him is freed from all guilt and declared righteous, something the Jewish law can never do. Oh, be careful. Don't let the prophet's words apply to you. For they said, Look and perish, you despisers of the truth. For I am doing something in your day, something that you won't believe when you hear it announced. As the people left the synagogue that day, they asked Paul to return and speak to them again the next week. And many Jews and godly Gentiles who worshipped in the synagogue followed Paul and Barnabas down the street as the two men urged them to accept the mercies God was offering. The following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of God. But when the Jewish leaders saw the crowds, they were jealous and cursed and argued against whatever Paul said. Then Paul and Barnabas spoke boldly and declared, It was necessary that this good news from God should be given first to you Jews, but since you have rejected it and shown yourselves unworthy of eternal life, well, we will offer it to Gentiles. For this is as the Lord commanded when he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles to lead them from the furthest corners of the earth to my salvation. When the Gentiles heard this, they were very glad and rejoiced in Paul's message. And as many as wanted eternal life, believed. So God's message spread all through that region. Then the Jewish leaders stirred up both the godly women and the civic leaders of the city and incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of town. But they shook off the dust of their feet against the town and went on to the city of Iconium, and their converts were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So often while reading a portion of God's Word, we can puzzle over a section. That verse in Genesis 3 is a case in point. The phrase, her seed, is most certainly confusing because a woman's reproductive process does not have a seed inside of her body. That part of creating a child comes from the male, except in the case of Jesus, the Son of God, who was conceived of the Spirit and a virgin in the person of Mary. Throughout the chapter of Genesis 3, the deceiver that leads Eve to do the very thing that God has commanded Adam not to do is spoken of only as the serpent. So how do we determine who the serpent represents in God's economy? By looking at the cross-reference verses, because instead of trusting in any man's opinion, the Holy Spirit often will use the living word of God to crack the code or to illuminate meaning for our minds to grasp. Acts 13 is an amazing chapter that opens our understanding to what being in the mission field 
is often like and what we might be called to endure. And when we are emboldened to share the good news of Jesus Christ with those the Lord brings across our path, often there will be those who have had success keeping others under deception, and they will strike back because they don't want to lose their power and their prestige. That is what we see happening here at the beginning of Paul and Barnabas's journey. This sorcerer, who is a false prophet, Bar-Jesus, also known as Elymas, his name in the Greek, interfered and he urged the governor to pay no attention to whatever Barnabas and Paul were saying, trying to keep him away from trusting the Lord. Within Paul's rebuke to Elymas, Bar-Jesus is one of the Genesis 3.15 cross-reference verses, You son of the devil, full of every sort of trickery and villainy, enemy of all that is good, will you never end your opposition to the Lord? Just as this sorcerer was acting as an agent of the devil, so we can understand that the serpent in the garden who spoke to Eve was also acting as an agent of the devil.